Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. I didn't give you a chance to swallow your beer. I'm sorry, JC. <laughs> right. I was looking at my board, not at you. And uh, and John getting a beer delivery service right here to the studio. Oh, See, yeah. this is what I was saying. Not you know, you guys initially you were talking. Oh, we'll have like a tap faucet in the studio. It's like mm, no. No. Yeah, have the have them bring it to us. Have it's the nice. have the fine, lovely staff that you've hired walk them in here, so we can ogle them and right. And, you know, but then I busily stare at them up. and I and I uh, make your mic hot while you have a mouthful of beer. And, oh yeah, you do. It's great for us. I don't know how great, great it is for all you guys. <laughs> Please, you were looking at her too, Bevo. I saw you. She's pretty. <laughs> All right. Speaking of pretty, how about that Blickman, John Blickman? Oh, yeah. That is a pretty man. That's a pretty man. That's a good-looking man right there. Yep. And, uh... (laughs) Creeper and 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 Doug's not bad either, really. I mean... Oh, there's there's a fine piece of man meat if if I ever saw one. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, who did you just say? Doug. Oh, I thought you said Doc. Oh, no. Never mind. (laughs) No, John Blickman, uh, what he lacks in attractiveness, he makes up in intelligence. I could say that for sure. Very intelligent Every, man. Everybody, yes. everybody would agree with that statement. Yes. Well, maybe I mean, his wife wouldn't, but you I know. find I find him I find him attractive and intelligent. And his kids may but, take uh, exception on that too. Come to think of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's humorous. Yes. Okay. Would you at least give me that? Yes. Okay. Very humorous. There you go. Uh, nice guy. Again, wife uh, and kids. Real, real check. creative, humorous, uh, and they've 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 uh, they've put all that energy and creativity into some great brewing equipment. You can check it out at uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two ends. You can also check them out at uh, just about every uh, AHA conference. They go to that and they uh, set up a booth. They've got lots of equipment there, and you can uh, chat with the. Uh, the staff and find yeah. out about uh, uh, you know exactly how the stuff works. Do a lot of touchy feely right. uh, with the equipment and and the st- I am it's a very staff, shiny booth too. Right, right, lots of stainless. Uh, but they've been they've been sponsoring the show, so I think the very least you could do is check out their website. Maybe send them an email or you know say hi to uh, yeah. John and his crew and, and tell them how much you uh, really appreciate that they sponsor the show. Indeed. All right, tonight what are we? Uh, focused on we're gonna what are we do doing here right, um, we're, no, we're talking, <laughs> there's a q a about yeast i remember yeah okay. yeast and yeast starters right now and we'll also take any any questions from the chat room and anybody that happens to call in it all right 888-401-BEER 888-401-2337 call in the lovely bevo is there to uh, answer your calls and uh, we will see if we can get you on the air and uh, answer your questions all righty 
Shall we get started? Yes. All right. Let's. All right. Well, let's see. The first question up here is uh, Chris White said that Jamil's yeast calculator was incorrect. What? See question 14 below. If I'm a moron, perhaps someone smarter than me, such as Jamil, could clarify. Um, this is from Mike Johnson, and it's regarding the following statement. I think the, I answered this question by Mike Johnson. It could be. This was from a uh, homebrew talk. No, homebrew finds adventures adventures in homebrewing interview that Chris did a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's saying to Chris White that uh, the uh, the White Labs products are around a hundred billion cells per package. These packages include instructions indicating they're directly pitchable into five gallons of wort up to ten sixty. However. Every brewer of any experience, uh, that would be like Jamil and I, seems to accept as gospel that yeast starters are required for nearly any batch. Jamil's online calculator claims that 100 billion cells are barely enough for five gallons at 1034 as opposed to 1060. For example, why, then, has White Labs not marketed a package of 200 or 250 billion cells for home brew use? This would allow homebrewers to brew beers in in the meat of the homebrewing space, say 1050 to 1075, without the trouble of making starters for every batch. So let's see. And then and then Chris goes on to answer. We are actually increasing the number of cells per package to two and a half to three billion cells per milliliter. And laboratory grown yeast won't necessarily follow the pitching rate guidelines since they are very healthy. The pitching rate recommendations traditionally refer to repitched yeast. Also, you are not getting a lot of growth from a starter unless it is of adequate size. So, Jamil, I think it's be good if you would clarify some of these points and give them some yeah, con- so context. It's, you know, people keep forgetting the simple fact that you can pitch a wide range yes. of concentrations of yeast into your beer, and it will ferment. Yes. Amazingly, you can put a very tiny amount of yeast into your beer. It will ferment. Now, what are we trying to achieve by setting certain pitching rates? Why are we trying to achieve by, you know, uh, controlling how much the yeast is growing and how many cells are there at the end of growth and the environment for the yeast? What are we trying to achieve? Consistency. Consistency of flavor. flavor, ideal beer flavor. So when you change these rates, when you change the amount that the yeast is going to grow, when you change the amount of yeast cells at the end of growth that are there to ferment out a given beer at a certain amount of alcohol, certain environments, certain types of sugars, certain temperatures, um, anytime you change any of these things, you change the flavor of the beer. Right Now... Far be it for me to say what is ideal flavor for a beer, ideal fermentation flavor. Mm -hmm. Some people may want to have the yeast uh, grow a bit more, uh, not attenuate as much, things like that, and develop that kind of beer flavor as their profile. Which is generally Um, more fruity. uh, Could be more fruity, higher alcohols, things things like this. you know, uh, I was in England, and and somebody was was telling me, you know, we would, uh, England's traditionally, um, you know, the experience in the last, you know, 
century has all been, you know, lower alcohol beers and, uh, you know, um, doing a really great job of developing a lot of flavor in those low alcohol beers and just okay. absolutely yeah. wonderful. Some of the greatest beers in the world. However, when they do higher gravity beers, bigger alcohol beers, when they get to like the 10 plus percent range, okay. I'll you know way too fruity a lot of esters a lot of fusel alcohols yeah. you know brain splittingly um <laughs> you know solventy and things like that yeah because the same kind of technique that makes a great low gravity beer does not make a great high gravity beer one of the things when white Labs started uh and they've upped their cell counts from when they started as well um uh is homebrewers now are making higher and higher gravity beers as we go. Right. So that's right. one other change. But uh, so you can you can pitch a white labs vial and have it ferment. Uh, you can make a starter with the same vial or mm-hmm. pitch two or three of them and mm-hmm. have it ferment. Do they taste the same? No. Was it the same yeast? Yes. So what's the difference? Pitching rate. Right. Now I love Chris, and he is a brilliant man, and has taught me a massive amount about yeast. However, I disagree with the statement that. Well, I, I agree with the statement that you know the yeast when it comes out of their their lab grown, they're they're right around one hundred percent viability. Right. When I harvest yeast off of my fermenter and repitch it, I'm probably in the mid nineties. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's your difference. However, however, we got to deal in the realities of the supply chain and how home brewers are getting the yeast and how things are. Now they will take those those vials of yeast. They will box they'll keep them cold when when a store orders them, they'll box them up with lots of ice packs and they'll mm-hmm. FedEx it to them and then it gets to the homebrew shop and and a great homebrew shop will immediately open that box and immediately put it in their fridge and and take good care of it. And then a couple of weeks down the road, you buy that that violin and right. you, you take it home. When I took them home, I'd, I'd have a cup of ice in my car and I'd stick them in there and bring them home, all <laughs> that stuff, right? Even then, I found it hard to find uh, vials that were, uh, you know, that hadn't already dropped into the mid-90s. Right. Okay. Now, take into the possibility that... UPS took a little longer, or FedEx took a little longer to get the the product there to the East Coast, mm-hmm. or it uh, sat in the sun in the window, or sat at the in the shop. sun. Or I, I've been in shops where there's a box of yeast vials sitting there that have come in, and it's real hot. And I've I felt those vials, and they were hot. I mean, they were as hot as you know they had reached the ambient temperature in the store, eighty degrees, and they're or they're like sitting it. there all day, yeah, um, before they put them in the fridge. All that's bad for the bad for the yeast. It's it's reducing viability. It's it's draining the reserves, the glycogen reserves, and things like that that the yeast have. So I think when you know if you're able to get the yeast fresh right from the lab, and you go ahead, yes, absolutely. You know you're you've got five percent more viable yeast and probably yeah. higher glycogen levels, things like that. But the reality is that you need to make starters. You need to pitch a little bit more. Um, right. It's it's much more, much less of an issue if you uh, pitch a little bit more than if you pitch a little too too little. Yeah. 
and the the beer flavor uh, is going to be you know more similar. So you can get too low, and your beer flavor not so good, and then it starts getting better, starts getting better, and then it you know it gets to an ideal point, and then you go past that, it's still at the ideal point. It's still there. Right. It's still there for a while. Still there for a while. Then it starts to kind of drop down because you're you're getting more acetaldehyde things like that. Uh, you know, different things start to happen to the to the fermentation. Which, but it's a ways. So you know, move up into the sweet spot where you're yeah. not going to waste your yeah. forty dollars of ingredients by eh, you know just pitching the one vial. Buy a couple of vials if if you don't want to make a starter. But the easiest thing is make a starter. Every batch of yeast you pitch, make a starter. Right. That's a you know. So th- hopefully that explains. Again, it's a it's a continuum of of what you can pitch, and 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 the results. Yeah. Is, so I don't think either one of us are wrong. I think it's you know just a, the way you interpret you know what you are trying to achieve. Yeah. As you say, I mean, you know, the pitching rate makes a big difference in the flavor profile of the beer. Anytime you change that, you're going to change the flavor of that recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, <clears throat> and you know, whether is there are so many different yeast calculators out there, um, you know, and uh, all of them are backed up by you know trial and error or or experimentation. You know, they're backed up by data. And people's yeah, experience. Some of them are just some number. Are number there's a bunch of number cruncher ones out yeah. there. But anyway, they're, they're guidelines. They're mm-hmm. tools. And it's important right. to understand that. And you can use any of them. Yeah. Use whichever one works for you and you get good results. doesn't matter which one. There are lots of free tools out there. Use any one of them or make your own. Yeah. And, you know, track your results. And if if that number that you used isn't quite right, change the number. Add more. Don't keep sticking with the same thing. No matter what calculator it is, try a little bit more and see yeah. if that gets you a better beer. And once you get to that point and that rate, that's your rate. It doesn't matter right. what anybody else's rate. That's your rate. Use that rate yourself. Make yeah. your own calculator or adjust any of them or find the calculator that works for you. Yeah. You know, people are so fixated on tiny amounts of you know yeast difference so a bunch of people you know reverse engineered what i had done in the in the calculator my calculator is based off of um your lab work done over six months and and verified by greg doss at uh at weist he did his own and our number our curves matched yeah so uh i don't know i don't know what else to tell you so uh, people have reverse engineered, and they're like, "Well, you know, your numbers don't turn out quite, you know, the same as my numbers." And so, like, I don't care what your math is telling you. And 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 people are like, "Well, you know, theirs is off by you know a substantial amount, like you know, ten percent." Who cares? Yeah. You tr- use either one. <laughs> the point is, you got to brew beer. You got to taste it. And if it doesn't matter what the number said. It's what the beer tastes like, yeah. and you may have to, you know, increase by fifty percent. Yeah. Who knows? This is this is what I tell a lot of people too. I mean, you know, we're brewers; we're not bean counters. You know, you got you have to use your beans. tools. Well, true, too. but yeah. you you've got to take your tools and look at them as tools, and then make a decision, brew the beer, and and make right. a judgment from there. Right. I mean. Um, 
I don't know if I've discussed this on air before, but you know, last spring, Jamil, your triple IPA name escapes me at the moment, but uh, I was drinking that for the first time at launch, and uh, I was amazed. I thought, well, this is a really good double IPA kind of style, and I'm tasting. I'm thinking this is probably six and a half, seven percent. And Jamil, you said that was no. This is like eleven and a half. And it's like it did not taste like eleven and a half. There was nothing hot about it. And I asked you how you did that, and you said, you know, uh, yeast management, pitching rate control. Uh, you know, this is a man that knows how to brew high gravity beers by managing his yeast, managing his pitching rate, so that you get a beer that has the flavor you want. Well, and here's one of the things, and people think, oh, well, you know, he's telling homebrewers that to sell more, you know, White Labs or Y yeast or whatever. You know, when we order our yeast from White Labs for a 30-barrel pitch of beer, I order their 60-barrel pitch. Okay. And it's expensive, I'll tell you that. And they ask me, why do you do that? You know, the 30 will, will ferment it out just fine. Like... It doesn't. It ferments it out just but, fine, but, but it the, does not taste the same. Yeah. And for the what, flavor you yeah. want, you want 60. I need a consistent product. I can't pitch that on the first batch and send out that first batch and then repitch and send out an, the next batch and have it taste different. I can't have more esters and alcohols and things like that and less attenuation. I've got to have that thing ferment it out the same way every time as close as possible every time so customers don't notice how come you did it that way on the first batch how come you because i knew it wasn't enough yeast Mm. okay for the way you expect the beer to taste right right Um, yeah and i get i get our yeast you know they package it up and then it goes overnight we get it the very next day yeah and you know for us i i need that so i'm not saying you know, uh, Chris or White Labs or Y East or any of these places are wrong. I'm saying those will absolutely ferment out beer, make a fine beer. Yeah. But you know, flavor wise, it's not the same as if you if you uh, pitch at a at a higher rate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, that is up to you, you as a brewer to determine what is exactly yeah. right. You know, uh, make the best beer you can. You know, your perception of what's a great beer is going to affect that. All right, let's do this to take a short break. When we come back, we will get to more questions right after this. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! <laughs> Wickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Enjoy it, Frank. Don't be silly, J.P. We have beer to brew. 
Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerone's are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone's are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking yeast and starters. Yes. And uh, our good friend Nicholas Madaffer, Madaffer uh, asked about pitching rate for Brett. He was greeted. Firstly, I'm amazed and in awe of the work both of you guys do. No, it's not what he says. What he, says. he says, I'm amazed at work your teams you have performed to make homebrewing this excellent hobby. Fantastic yeah, research. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So anyway, please can you brew strong? Please being the awesome guys that you are, we'll we'll keep working on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wondering about the optimum pitching rate for WLP six four four fermented IPA. Um, six four four is a Brett strain. Apparently, a Brett IPA recipe. Brett Twat. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, this. This blog post lists a recipe citing optimum rate between an ale and lager pitching rate, about 150 billion cells per liter. However, if in the yeast book by White and Zane of Chef, they cite mm. a rate of 200 million, 200,000 cells per milliliter. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's 200 billion cells per milliliter, something like that. 200 million, mm-hmm. million billion, whatever. I'd like to make 100% Brettois beer like the one referenced above, but more fruity than a house, horse blanket but have concerns about the off flavors which can develop from over-pitching. I'm also unsure about the number of cells per milliliter present in my single vial of WLP-644. And... 
Yeah. All right. All right. So one is the, the amount of Brett cells in the, and I can't, cannot say this for certain, but I thought that they were much less in the vials than they were for regular ale or lager yeast. I think something like 30 to 50 billion, billion instead yeah. of uh, like 100 to 110. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I believe that that might be the case and might be the case still. I don't know for a fact, though. The other thing is, it's like we were just talking before the break. It depends on what kind of flavor you're looking for. Now, when you're looking to add Brett and get all this big Brett character in a beer, um, in you know where, where people want all this tremendous Brett flavor, if you pitch too much, Brett is a yeast, and it turns out uh, you know yeah. quite clean tasting and very little Brett character. Right. So one of the things, one of the reasons you really ratchet down and and stress out the Brett is uh, to get more Brett character. And uh, the the rate that we recommend in the book is the rate uh, I believe that Vinny recommends and a bunch of other people recommend. Mm-hmm. And what I find when we use that real low rate is we do develop this Brett flavor and and. When you use too much, you get very almost no Brett flavor. So on the session, there was uh, some brewery that sent in a couple of 100% Brett fermented beers, right? And I remember you know, people were saying, oh, it's like, you know, I, I don't taste any Brett at all. It I think like that was um, I think that was Chad Jacobson, Crooked Stave uh-huh. Brewing. They do a lot of oh, 100% yeah. Brett fermentations. Right, right. Okay. And yeah, and you don't, it doesn't taste like a Brett beer. Right. So what are you trying to achieve? If you're trying to achieve... Uh, you know, clean, uh, you know, or fair, relatively clean uh, ale-like fermentation, then, yeah, the lager pitching rate might be the way to go. Right. Um, you know, you'll you'll minimize any flavor impact from the Brett that way. Uh, but if, the, and you know, the people throwing Brett in IPAs, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, a, not a big fan. Um, hmm. And probably just because I haven't tasted any real good ones yet. Um you know, isn't the purpose of adding Brett to get Brett flavor? If it is, right. then you lower the rate. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to get a clean ale-like fermentation, then probably just use a clean ale-like yeast. Yeah. I, I think, you know, a Brett IPA to me is mm-hmm. kind of an oxymoron because you've got this sour and bitter. Mm-hmm. They don't really go well together. Well, and Brett doesn't necessarily always. Uh, I wish we had our. Oh, when we go to the brewery, you can taste the taffel bully. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Uh, you know, the Brett just gives it uh, you know quite a bit of Brett character and a and a firm bittering. There's no sour. Yeah, yeah. You that's know, true. and that's I mean, that's a relatively low amount of Brett. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like you know, you know, hundred percent Brett IPA. I mean, to mm-hmm. me, that sounds like some conflicting goals, right. In terms of the beer flavor. Right. If you if you uh, too much oxygen, things like that to your Brett, um, it'll develop some acetic. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know that's totally inappropriate. So if somebody's getting you know that kind of souring from Brett, then uh, uh, you know that's totally wrong. Yeah. But not not to discourage you as a brewer, but uh, you know, be aware that there are these uh, different 
nuances that will mm-hmm. uh, be affected by your pitching rate. Right. I like all the creativity, but sometimes I feel like people are just doing things to do things because yeah. it sounds popular or it sounds, you know, yeah. great. And they haven't really noodled out the, the reason why they're not doing it because, mm-hmm. oh, this flavor is going to do this to this beer. This is my – this is how I'm going to build and layer the flavors and why this is going to taste like a great beer. They're like, that sounds cool. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. And it's I, the Jurassic I, you know, Park that's syndrome. Fine too, especially, <laughs> <laughs> and especially because, you know, on the homebrew scale, yeah, you, you brew five gallons of something. If it tastes like crap, throw it away. Yeah. You know, don't do it again or, you know, learn from it. That's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, you, you get this this thing where people are just trying to, to do too much mm-hmm. sometimes. All right. Uh, next we have, uh, what exactly is proper pitching rate by Charles Simchik? And, uh, let's see if I can find the crooks of the question here. Um, okay. As I understand, the common wisdom is to use 0.75 million viable cells, blah, 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 based on George fixed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also have the understanding that yeast metabolism in the presence of sufficient triggers in oxygen will preferentially absorb the oxygen and reproduce and will shift towards fermentation only after the oxygen is depleted. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of more of a continuum. Yeah, now, discovered, assuming yeah. I make a yeast and grow the, So assuming I make a starter to grow the proper amount of yeast mm-hmm. cells for my wort, gravity, is that proper amount based on a balanced biochemical reaction to allow all of the yeast cells to have just enough sugars to efficiently complete their metabolic cycle? Or does the proper pitching rate assume that there is also uh, an additional growth phase for the yeast within the wort before it can move on to fermenting that wort? In the first case, why would you need to worry about aerating oxygen in the wort at all? Yeah, you know, so even after a starter, what, what you're putting into your beer is should be at at the rate of you know for an ale your average ale 0. 0.75 mm-hmm. um at that rate and so they're they're going to experience a growth phase in the beer right a lot of that you know helps determine flavor develops flavor and is an important part of fermentation yeah if you pitch an, if you pitch too much yeast the over pitching thing with almost no growth taking place as a result in that word you will get very little what we very little of what we consider to be beer flavor out of that fermentation. You know, you won't get the ester profiles. You won't get some of the. I mean, it's not going to taste like we expect that beer to taste if you overpitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, you know, um, a great place to learn more about things like this. Uh, is the well, East Book. East Book. But uh, you know who puts out the East Book? Uh, Brewers Publications. Brewers Publications. Big part of... Brewers Publications is the American Home Brewers Association and the Brewers of, Association. Right, right. There you go. Uh, and a lot of the, the authors for Brewers Publications comes from the AHA uh, membership, like you and I. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Randy Mosier, uh, yeah, Ray Daniels, Ray Daniels uh, you know, um, a number of us, all oh, yeah. big AHA guys. And uh, the reason is the AHA is a great organization. It is indeed. They're, you know, not only do they provide you all these great benefits for your membership dollar, you get the uh, 
the AHA rally, you get the uh, the pub discount program, you get the AHA conference, you get uh, the Zymergy magazine, which we've right. both written for, yep. and a lot of great information in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, really well done, and uh, you know the members only session at GABF and things like right. that. There's a lot of great stuff. That comes along with membership, but the most important thing I think is uh, you got an organization that's actually looking out for homebrewers. Yeah, you know, when's the last time somebody looked out for your rights uh, to, right. to do what you enjoy, uh, what you love? So, yeah. uh, you know, it's nice having kind of a, a little bit of a watchdog there that uh, they pay attention to all the legislation going through. Right. And, Short of uh, the NRA, you're not going to find a more involved organization. <laughs> <laughs> and they kill less people, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> That's true. With the alcohol, we probably kill far more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody was asking me, they dropped their cell phone in their beer, and they were saying, hey, uh, you know, it was in for three or four minutes before I could fish it out. You know, <laughs> what do you think got into the beer from the phone? And do you think it's toxic? You know, oh, the God. battery, the circuits, wow. things like that. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, the most toxic thing in your beer is the alcohol, and it kills people all the time, but nobody thinks twice about drinking it. That's a pretty pretty significant poison. And, uh, you know, and I told them, I said, don't worry about it. You know, the yeast probably took care of most of the stuff that's in there. It's probably bound up in the yeast and the protein, and, you know, it goes with the tube. Yeah. you know, anything that, that'll bond with the fats in your body will bond with the fats that are and proteins that are left over in the beer, I would think. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would just drink it. I wouldn't worry uh, about it. But there, There's uh, a question we got here. Alcohol is the problem. Yeah. There is a question here in the miscellaneous pile that cracked me up. All, All right. right we well, should. let's do this. Okay. Well, you can find that while we're taking a short break, and, and when we come back, we'll hear about the question that uh, cracked John up okay. right after this. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kaminsky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all homebrewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person 
of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamil Zanishev, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. Do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging, but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water? Enter the new Brewer's Edge Electric Mash Water Heater, a plug-in, anywhere, precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection that's williamsbrewing.com orders placed by 4 p.m pacific time weekdays ship the same day brewing is easy the williams way To the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right. Uh, talking, talking yeast. Yep. The yeasty but beasties, yes. Just before the break, we got distracted, or I got distracted, I suppose, by a cell phone and the beer. Right. And uh, we got this other uh, question here that uh, surprised me. Um, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, oh, yes. 
Nicholas Lance asked about, there's a lot of conflicting information on the forums about the safety of plastics in brewing. I would like to use more plastics in my process because they are cheap and easy to work with. However, I can never get a clear answer of what is safe to use and at what temperature. Um, what can you guys tell me about that? Well, my my off-the-cuff response to that is that unless you can smell plastic you know, in the wort or when you add the wort to the plastic, it's not going to harm you. Even if you can smell it, it's really not going to harm you. There is not enough chemical in these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, in in modern, you know, plastics coolers, with the plasticizers yeah. and all yeah. that. Yeah. Right? If you and especially uh, like coolers that are used to put food in them. Yeah. Um they're fine. There's there's nothing nothing you can go ahead and use those for brewing, don't worry about it. Um anything de- designated for food or beverage. Yeah. It's fine. Even though you're like, well, the food's in a wrapper and the cans yeah, but the cooler manufacturer can't count on that, so the plastics that they use are fine. Uh, same thing. Anything that's food grade, you're perfectly okay using. Even even though it's only food grade with a certain temperature, don't worry about it. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. Um, there was a great uh, thing on uh, uh, Basic Brewing Radio did a, a series of three uh, – things with a toxicologist that does oh he yes, studies yeah. uh you mm-hmm. know products for how toxic they are and they went through it and essentially if it's food grade don't worry about it you know if it's not food grade avoid things that are colored like um you know uh the bright the, orange the bright buckets. orange buckets at home depot they have a food grade version that's white use that one it's a like a dollar more use that one <laughs> uh don't use you know uh colored plastics just use the yeah. the white or the translucent plastics yeah. you'll be fine even if you use the, the orange one i mean it's not like right. there's there's a you know a toxic amount mm-hmm. of plasticizer i mean you know we're for an for an adult on a on a right. on a normal diet um, a healthy, normal diet, you'd be fine. I wouldn't yeah. give it to children. I wouldn't give it to somebody that has, uh, you know, problem any sort of complications. But again, just pick food grade, and you're yeah. then don't worry about it. Yeah, we're you know, we're pretty robust animals. We're we're not yeah. going to be taken down by well, you taking lead, everything yeah. else. I mean, you know, yeah, you you know, as long as everything else is going fine for you, you'd be fine. Yeah. You know? the conspiracy theories aside, I mean, this stuff is not that hazardous. <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, if you get a tumor, it's from your iPhone, your iPhone 6. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Next question. All right. Let's see. Where are we? Okay. Um, okay. Jamil, thanks for all your great brewing content available to our brewers. I'm from Auckland, New Zealand. I've noticed that craft brew beer is now often packaged in cans. Do you know that these breweries – do you think that these breweries have considered all the ramifications of this decision – John, what are you leaning 10 feet away from the mic for? Sorry. Come on, yeah. baby. <clears throat> Got a frog in my throat. Um, anyway, he goes, if I if my preferred beer is packaged in a can, um, for folks with facial hair, cans can be positively dangerous. Nothing brings a tear to the eye quicker than a mustache hair caught in the opening tab of a can as you take a good sip of beer. So, Jamil, have you considered this with Heretic's cans and plans to can 
Right. So this has what to do with yeast? Um, <laughs> there's yeast in a mustache. Did we lose the yeast question? It was in the, in the pile, actually. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's not an issue because you pour the beer into a glass and then you drink it. Yeah. That's how I envision people consuming our products. So there you go. There right. you go. You're not going to pull a, a heady topper and uh, put on the can, uh, consume f- direct from the can? You know, they they no. say to do that. Well, you know. What? D- really? d- depends yeah. on Depends on the beer you're making, I guess. Um, yeah, the beers we make, we, we like them consumed from a proper glass. What if the uh, rim of the glass is chipped and my mustache hair gets caught on that as I try to drink from the glass? Then what? <laughs> you thought about that, huh, smart guy? Right. A little cut might cause a cold sore. Turn into a tumor. Can devour your brain. All right, next question. Okay. Now, here, here's one from a guy that has recently started making yeast starters. Uh-huh. And uh, he's saying that he um, used a stir plate with a with the WLP001. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it according to your pitching calculator and added some yeast nutrient. Mm-hmm. But he said he tasted the beer, uh, the decanted liquid, after he you know pitched the, start, uh, the yeast from the starter, and it tasted kind of tart, like a sour beer. Mm-hmm. He's asking, is this normal? Mm-hmm. This is my first starter, and I'm not sure what to expect. Um, so can we comment yeah, on this? Yeah, I mean, if it's truly like sour, then, then there's probably a problem. But, uh, you know, you can get all sorts of strange uh, compounds into your starters. You get a lot of uh, acetaldehyde, things like that that can yeah. come across as tart or, you know, uh, strange. off. You know, yeah. yeah, you're mixing oxygen in the whole time. And, yeah, it's, it tends to be warm temperatures, things like that. Yeah, starter, starter beer doesn't taste the same as mm-hmm. the, the actual beer. It's missing a lot of the other things, you know, the specialty malts and hops and mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, pr- probably not a problem. Um, if it's truly sour or buttery or something like that, then there might be a problem. Okay, our next question comes from Scott Cooper. i get my face up here in the mic. Uh, after having my yeast starter on a stir plate for 10 hours, I take the yeast off and take it to my brewing location. It takes about 20 minutes to travel. Should I then put the yeast back on the stir plate or just let it sit until I pitch it in about eight hours? I'm worried that what the O2 uptake will be after that 20-minute break. Yeah, I saw this question earlier, and um, the O2 uptake after the break, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, that's the yeast will consume whatever little oxygen gets in through the stir plate. Um, and I don't think it matters a whole lot here or there. Uh, in this example, whether you do one or the other. If it were me, I would go ahead and put it back on the stir plate, um, you know, for another eight hours. If you're 10 hours in, you really haven't done all the growth, probably. So um, I would just put it back on the stir plate and, and let the, the get the maximum growth you could. Oh, I understand. Because he said 10 hours, and then he moves it, and then he's got another eight hours before he pitches. Uh, okay, so what what's the total time for yeast growth on that starter typically what do you think? Um, it could be it depends on you know how much yeast you put in what the starter volume was um, gravity gravity temperature you know oxygen a lot of other things um, generally it could be anywhere you know like 12 to 36 hours you know 12 to 24 it depends on okay. what you're doing but generally you know, 10 isn't quite enough. Um, you know, 18 is plenty. Okay. You know. So so what we're saying is that 
he's done two-thirds of the growth on his starter at 10 right. hours. Mm-hmm. Then he takes that starter somewhere else, get it ready yeah. for pitching, so put it back on the stir plate for another period yeah. of time before pitching. And when I responded to him, I, I, you know, probably what he, if it were me, what I would do is make my starter the day before. Yeah. Let it go full completion or even, a, you know, the day before that. Go full completion. Let the, the yeast settle out. Mm-hmm. Then the day of brewing carry that over there you know decant off or decant off the beer spent spent liquid off the top and then uh add a little bit of fresh starter work to it uh-huh carry that over and, and use that as you know pitch that okay yeah. you know without yep. the starter and and then you've fully let them go and you know they're it'll be nice and ready to, to rock and roll when you pitch it uh speaking of uh, pitching it have you ever tried uh, some of the fine uh, tools at uh, adamandeve.com? <laughs> no, I can't say that I have. I, I haven't had a need of that sort of thing in the last several years. So uh, <laughs> That is that depressing for you, huh? Boring. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you ought to you know, go to adamandeve.com and mix it up. Like you get some, get yourself right. a yeah. few toys to mix things up. Make things a little more exciting in the uh, boudoir. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Spread you know? it. Some... I really don't want to imagine what's going on in the Palmer Boudoir. Yeah, me either. Really. I mean, that's... Apparently it ain't much. <laughs> it ain't much. And if it was, I mean, you know, John naked? No. Not, no. not going not to no, I, I, I'm, I'm picturing actually a bowl of popcorn over here, some pretzels and Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would about cover it. <clears throat> yeah. A book, a nap. Yeah, yeah there we uh, go. Very good. Well, yeah. you could probably get uh, some of those things. At uh, our fine sponsor, Adam and Eve, adamandeve.com. What you'll do is use the offer code Jamel, J A M I L. You're going to pick one item. You're going to get that for 50% off when you enter that offer code Jamel, J A M I L. I wonder, do they give you a different item if you put Scott instead of Jamil? You, you don't get the discount and uh, oh, okay. you don't get the free extra item. You don't get this free shipping. You don't get crap when you enter Scott. Enter Jamel. You, you Jamel. don't get any, like, uh, redhead porn, you know? <laughs> no, no. But I'll tell you what. When you enter the off-code Jamel, you get to choose. The only thing you're going to pay for is the one item at 50% off. Then you're going to get to choose three free adult DVDs. And you could, you could I'm sure they got a redhead category there. You can choose from genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breasts, big butts, bisexual, chunky, co-ed, Swedish, gay, interactive, POV, lesbian, MILFs, etc. Etc. This right. is the first time, you know, Bevo has been in there talking with her girlfriend, and now she finally, she put on her headset, I think, just for this live read, right? You know, I didn't put it on just for this, but I put it on, and I was like, oh, we're, we're at this again. <laughs> it's just so impressive to me how quickly you read them. I wish Becca could have heard. <laughs> I'll do it for her privately later on. I, you know what? Uh, that'd be great. Uh, plus, you're going to get a, a free extra toy, uh, that they're, they're free extra gift that they're they're going to give you and free shipping so use off code jamel j-a-m-i-l you get you all the money you're going to part with is 50 percent off on one item and then you get the free shipping the free gift and the three free dvds all by using that offer code at adamandeve.com and uh, you can even do it mobile mobile yeah there you go so you could be in the large stall at the hop grenade uh tapping your foot and uh, also on your phone at adamandeve.com. Uh, you could be, but stuff. please don't. Our poor staff, you know, they got to clean the thing. Hey, hey. Well, it's a little bit, a little bit of uh, bodily secretions between friends. It's better than throwing up, right? 
Uh, yeah, I guess when you put it that way. Volume-wise, yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll answer a couple more questions right after this. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream. and the finest selection of home-brewing goods for the future. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanstarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanstarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. 
Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com. I'm Jason Harris, and I approve this message. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical, this is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Wrapping up a fine show about uh, yeasts and starters and things like that. Uh, I believe Bevo has a question in the chat. You know, when we do these shows, uh, we base a lot of them off of email. You send in any uh, question to uh, Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com. But, you know, you can listen live and you can ask questions. You get in the chat from the website and it's right. all free. You don't even need a password or sign up for an account or any of that crap. You just, you know, click in and type whatever name you want and uh, uh, start start interacting. You can ask questions during the show. And you can even call in 888-401-BEER and uh, do it that way. But uh, what's that question we got, Bevo? Well, I just got another one. But for the first one, speaking of any name you want, this question is from... Any name you want? Guy Brush 3 Wood. Uh, At least yes. he's got wood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 3 Wood, yeah. 3 Wood, yes. Okay. Is there any way to whoop, lost it? Is there any way to predict variability in jars of rinsed yeast? I did a starter with one of these brews back that didn't work. Had to do a whole new starter with fresh yeast. Variability or viability? I'm sorry, viability. Viability. Uh, now it makes sense. <laughs> um, to predict viability, viability is based off a lot of factors. The beer that you harvested from, you know, how you harvested, what what cut of yeast you got. How long it's been sitting, at what temperature, what strain it is. Some of them die very quickly. Um, hmm. You know, we use our yeast immediately. When I was home brewing, I like to use it within a week. Uh, two weeks, I considered was absolute maximum. Um, you can always make a starter and, and see if it goes. Uh, and that gives you a good sign that you know your yeast uh, might be might be fine. Uh, but as far as viability, there's a number of ways to check for viability. Um, you know, the, the the quickest and simplest I think is just to take take whatever you're going to brew with, throw it into a, an appropriate size uh, you know bit of starter wort, and see if it kicks up by by brew time or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nothing to add? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You got a second question, Beef? Oh, I don't think this one is a question for you, but maybe you can okay. answer. Um, they want to know, he's from Scotland, and he wants to know if Adam and Eve ships free in, uh, internationally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I would probably domestic. Yeah. I would imagine it's domestic as well, but we I will look further out. into this and get back to I you. wonder if they at least give some sort of discount for international shipping. If could you use be. the offer code. Or it could be it's under a different company name. I mean, it may be Wallace and Gromit over in Scotland as opposed to Adam <laughs> and Eve. Wallace and Gromit. Penis and Gromit. We, uh, um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, free shipping on your entire order is all they say mm-hmm. in my copy. Probably not, but it's worth a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much could it be otherwise? Yeah. yeah. There you go. You could celebrate the non-departure of Scotland, I guess. 
mm-hmm. from the UK or from England? Yeah, I, I, I guess that, depending that, on which side you're on, or you could soothe your sorrows with some. The anal lead up loot. to that that question at the election was, I mean, it seemed it seemed kind of crazy to me. I couldn't understand why the Scots would want to separate from the UK at this point in time. Passion. It's what yeah. animates people. There's no logic to it. Uh, okay, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, you know, hard to say. I, don't, I, yeah. I got obviously I got we're not there either way. Of the yeah. either way of the argument, but uh, uh, you know, at least at least they they. It's nice to have the opportunity to choose. That is I think, very true. I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. Regardless of what the decision was, I think it's important that they have the opportunity to decide for themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. So, there you go. Uh, let's see. What time do we have here? Are we are we all done? Have we have we finished up, Mister Mister Producer Man? Yes. Okay. Well then, if you uh, enjoy the show, make sure you check out our fine sponsors. You know, Adam Eve's great, but uh, that Blickman Engineering. Yeah. Like I said, that's a good looking man right there. That's right. And he's funny, and he's intelligent, and he's very creative. So. Uh, go to his website, BlickmanEngineering.com, Blickman with two ends. They've got lots of great stuff there and uh, interesting information on all their products. You can also go to uh, the conference, check them out there, uh, send them an email. They love they love their customers. Mm-hmm. They love home brewers. So if they get a chance to uh, talk to you, they love that too. So uh, maybe you've got an idea for a great new product you want to see them come out with throw an email yeah. who knows uh you know uh, they're always they're always looking for interesting things and if it's something that'll improve your brew day they will be very interested in it that's right um speaking of interesting check out that stuff at the brewing network store brewingnetwork.com slash store they got hats they got growlers they got uh books and glasses books and, and koozies and banana hammocks and uh uh, adult DVDs and uh, dildos and lube. And now you're just lying. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're just filling time. Sorry. No, I, oh, I, I mixed up the Brie Network with Adam and Eve. I'm sure there's more cursing going on at the Brie Network than there is at Adam and Eve. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, so, anyways, if you like to support that sort of thing, go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store and uh, buy such a, all sorts of goodies. Uh, anything you buy, the profits go directly to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and help support shows like this. Until then, everybody, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. <laughs>